to episode 207 of the Customer Support Leaders podcast. I'm Charlotte Ward. Today, welcome Josh Maxim for a fireside chat. I'd like to welcome back to the podcast today, Josh Maxim. Josh, lovely to have you back. Always a pleasure to have a chat. This time it's summer, but let's pretend we've got a roaring fire. You're here for a fireside today. Excellent. Yeah, I always love a good fire. (laughs) So with firesides, my guest brings the topic. What would you like to talk about? Well, something I've been thinking about quite a bit lately is um, specialization in support. You know, we think a lot about support is basic customer service and assistance and however you define it it's a fairly Mm. uh you know narrow set of parameters um but i'm thinking and hearing and seeing there's demand for more specialized type work and i don't know that that's something that everyone has on the front of their radar but i'm wondering if maybe they should interesting um I've got some thoughts on specialisms myself, but I think first of all, like I'd I'd like to understand what your understanding of that word is in this context. What what exactly do you mean by specialisms? Yeah, it's fair enough. You know, specialization, it's it's definitely a a big, big topic, right? So what I'm thinking about really is um, building out really, customized work that probably falls outside the scope of what a lot of people think about support delivering today, right? Um, You know, I'll give you an example. At a partner here, we were approached um, by one of our current partners, excuse me, to think just a little bit about uh, staffing delivery drivers for for one of their, their programs. Um, now, the customer support team is not going to say, oh, sure, we're going to do delivery. That's something else. Mm. Um, but it sort of opened the door to, in my brain and in some conversations around our company, and I'm finding with a few other folks elsewhere to say, you know, beyond the traditional product support or account service or, you know, technical assistance, um, how else does this affect the, the scope of support if you say, I'm going to go out and, and get a team of, you know, extremely dedicated and detailed um, subject matter experts in a very unique field to do something unique and, and almost sort of turn it into a consultancy rather mm. than um, purely like I've got someone here who specializes in trust and safety and someone here who specializes in content moderation. And those are the sort of maybe specializations that you hear about, you know, more frequently in support kind of subsets or adjacent to core customer services, but really kind of out of the box thinking in terms of what can support deliver, what to support, what else to support do that's very much, um, you know, front of, of office. I think, I think you use the, the, the right words there it's the adjacency isn't it it's like where can we extend Mm -hmm. just beyond the remit of a traditional support team and some of the things you said there uh, I think are fairly typical you know the kind of the trust and safety maybe the operational side the kind of success slash account management side of things you know these are all kind of specialisms within a business function and then you have deep um, what I would say are more technical specialisms, perhaps, that do lend themselves right. um, 
But um, by technical, I don't necessarily mean technological in the like engineering or the technology space sure. type things. But but yeah. um, but the deep special deep specialisms that are much, lend themselves much more to a consultative relationship with a customer rather than just being there to troubleshoot uh, at a very surface level, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think you know, for for me, this goes hand in hand with. Um, something that, that that probably seems like it's a, a well it is a topic for another chat really but um you know what what is the role of in the future a human person in support right um mm-hmm. you know ai advances are continuing to roll out and you know we're we're a few years away from ai handling everything that support does depending on who you ask in the c-suite that day is today and depending on the actual engineers (laughs) working on the product that's a decade out you know um but you know it it does sort of open up the door i think to say okay well what 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 is the role of high quality um well-trained educated adaptable creative human experience in the support world and you know, sure enough, um, if, if you talk to a lot of different managers and teams and, and some of our partners, you know, they will say, oh, basic account services feels like we should be able to deflect that, turn that over to a, a, a automated solution. Yeah, and they're not wrong. Those those sorts of things are increasingly easy to be accounted for, even in terms of security issues, with, you know, two-factor authentication, all these other sorts of things. You can help people get their account settings back online. It's a better experience for the customer than waiting for, you know, a human person to get back and how to reset their password. Um, Mm. So then it says, well, what else um, needs to happen that maybe support isn't currently delivering, but could? How do we grow as a field? And, um, you know, there's just been some interesting cases pop up in in some brainstorm sessions. You know, do you you go out and, and find people who are really heavily involved in a certain process manufacturing and and have them actually be part of your your product support world and say um hey customer who's coming in needing to support a business to business um operation um we we actually have people who have you know uh 3d printed they've welded they've got engineering backgrounds but this is really high stakes work right they can they can come in and talk about the production line and actually consult with you and sit down and go over your um, your customers' needs and really help be part of your sales process as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my mind is going off in so many different directions. I'm going to have to try and <laughs> contain it a little. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think I think it's um, the thing that occurs to me is that you could go and seek those skills and find things to do with them, or you can grow them within the team or you can utilize the people who are probably already experts in your organization and bring them into those into those sort of more customer facing relationships as well couldn't you i think there's a number of ways you could you could explore um you could explore making this service that we provide to our customers more of a partnership um and and more uh you know beneficial to the customer's whole organization to their whole business probably rather than just right. getting that, that one problem answered. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's exactly it. it. It really is about deepening the relationship between the business and the customer 
And you do that by connecting the customer to folks who really understand the product better than the customer. They've lived it. They've, they've used it. And I don't just mean in the sense of, um, you know, uh, a lot of, you know, product teams uh, and support teams, they try to collaborate together and they, you know, they dog food the product and sort of make sure everyone kind of uses it, understands it. Mm. Absolutely all good steps forward. You know, but I'm, I'm thinking very much about um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to trying to riff on an idea here without giving too much away <laughs> on a current project, you know, but if, if you're really looking for, uh, let's say, um, help with, uh, or you're, you're going to be purchasing, um, uh, you know, home improvement products and as increasingly people do these things online and post pandemic, if we are truly post pandemic soon, you know, a lot of those online buying habits are going to remain sticky. And so things that people mm. might previously have gone to the, you know, brick and mortar for, they will want to go online for. Um, right now, if I go to a, a, a big box, uh, you know, US Lowe's or Home Depot or something like that for our audience here at home, um, I'm going to get a chat system. Maybe I'm going to get a phone call. Um, maybe I'm going to get connected to someone in the store if I really want to see about a specific um, you know, building material. Uh, but I've been in the store when those folks get those calls and they're, those poor folks are trying to check out three people, um, stock two shelves and then answer five phone calls. They, there's no time, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, what if instead you said, Hey, the, the support is actually connecting people to, um, to, you know, a carpenter, a certified carpenter who can sit and say, yeah, what you're going to want for this project is this and that and that. And I would recommend this and don't overblot, don't overblow it and buy these three materials over here. You're not going to need that for the level of what you're doing. You know, do you want to upload the schematic? You're looking at a PDF or something. I can look at it with you and sort of sit down. And so in a sense, it's almost like returning to a very old school experience mm. right in some ways maybe replicating that experience of going into the small shop and talking to the the shoemaker or whomever is it has has built the thing that you're about to buy and talking to them about it and learning where the material came from and, and all of that it's trying to take that experience online and scale it yeah yeah what i love about that example is it's so far removed from our normal conversations around SaaS, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and I know a lot of our audience are operating in like the technology and SaaS space. And, yeah. and as you, as you were talking through this kind of early, the early stages of this idea, I was thinking of an example I know with one of my other guests with Mo McKibben, who um, mm -hmm. works yeah. at Moxian. So she, she pulls in those expertise from the film industry all the time into her um, success and support conversations because she needs needs people who understand like things that I don't understand about the film industry like about color technology and things like that that right, right. you know they're actually like in the processing rather right, than right. you know that that rather than a, that are directly related to the software necessarily um but she needs the expertise from the industry but you've brought a completely different example which is very um, it, it's entirely out of that realm. It's very related to 
as you said, what we're, we're all used to doing in person when we go to a brick and mortar, but it, it translates actually relatively easily to uh, say a remote based support team with with these in-house expertise these these right. in-house experts right 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 yeah um and i think any anywhere in, in a way this is again almost maybe a callback to traditional retail where there are consumables and people want to know about it and where did it come from and you know can i trace it down i, I do think there's something you know, maybe out of the zeitgeist around it as well as people trying to be more conscious about their consumption. Am I buying a product? Where's the factory? How how are people compensated at this facility? You know, um, and and just being able to talk to someone and hearing, yeah, well, you know, the the you're about to buy a table from us. Lovely. The the wood for the top is harvested from this particular region of you know, in Norway and the wood for the legs comes from uh, uh, somewhere in the central United States, you know, and, and I mean, you're, you're definitely talking about a customer who's either making a very conscious and rare purchase or um, someone who sits at a level of the market where they have this capital and can spend it and want to be very cautious and careful about the purchase at the same time. Um mm-hmm. So I, I don't think it's necessarily sort of full blown. I think a lot a lot of the the average consumption decisions. It's I'm buying a new set of you know I don't know ballpoint pen. I, I go to Amazon or wherever it is. I'm going to buy the pack of pens that I like and it's the cheapest price and etc. I don't think that's that's going to drive it. But I do think the larger purchases, um, the things where there's a process involved, you know, connecting to uh, uh, a chef to walk you through, you know, that, that, uh, meal delivery package you just got, you know, sure. It was easy enough to follow the instructions, but now I'm thinking about what else I can do with this. Who can I talk to? Right. Mm. Um, some of those sorts of things. Um, one thing that occurs to me as well, now that, uh, we're talking about some of these considerations that a customer might have for any product or service that they're buying into. Everyone's coming with their own agenda. Some people are cost conscious. Some people are environmentally conscious. Some people are, you know, um, trying to be more aware in one way or another around their consumption um, or have other particular needs, right? I mean, they're trying to get something and they're trying to fulfill quite a specific and personal set of needs and desires um, from that product or service. And that the same is true is for in the B2C environment, I think, as well as B2B. And I think that um, all of those types of considerations, if you were to just kind of blow them out into the kind of wider B2B environment as well, they really speak to customer success, don't they? I really like this sort of definition of success as being, you know, are you helping your your customers achieve the thing that was agreed <laughs> when you sold them the right, product. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, a successful customer is one who's had all of those promises fulfilled. Um, and it strikes me that as a, as an individual consumer, if you're picking something up off the shelf in a hardware store or virtually online yep. and yep. you're poking around with your own agenda, you're trying to figure out if this, fulfills the promises you want it to fulfill, right? And I think that in some cases, you're not going to get those answers 
from a ingredients list or a or a right. sourcing page or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and an FAQ or, or a knowledge base or or um, or the community. You know, this is this is Very another true. aspect. Um, you know, at a former role, we had a, a wonderful community. The, the product had grown out of the community. There was a lot of activity back and forth, and you saw people helping each other. Um, you know, but how many times in, in, in your experience, you know, have you gone, gosh, I need to find the answer to something that isn't just, you know, documented in the first five hits on Google, and you find yourself going down the rabbit hole of, you know, Reddit threads, dear God, or, you know, uh, some community forums. And, and mm-hmm. by the time you get to the end of it, you're like, well, now I'm even more confused than I was before because I thought there was a solution to this, but like five people have told me that what I actually need, you know, I was just trying to figure out how to, to re- rewire my, uh, you know, plug, uh, wire a new plug into my toaster rather than go yeah. buy a new one. And by the end of it, it, it sounds like I need a degree in quantum physics to do this right, you know, so... Well, and also, um, uh, also through this. yeah, and also when you, yeah, exactly, that's what you want is somebody to walk you through it. Sorry, I completely interrupted you there, Josh. But no, no, no. Uh, I got a bit excited because also the other <laughs> thing <laughs> is that uh, when you are in the depths of those Reddit threads or wherever you may be, yeah. you're having to collate all of that information, right. which is vast. It's an area that you aren't expert in, and you're probably getting a bunch of different conflicting opinions as well so you're almost trying to kind of like ratchet like rack up the votes for doing something one way or the other or or give like increasing sense of trust to two different truths aren't you you know as you you kind of get gather these opinions and form a judgment based on them whereas if you do have that trusted advisor which is something that we 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 talk about in kind of support and success anyway Right. So really, this is almost just an extension of that. If you actually have that trusted advisor, right. in a, right. you know, and single point of access to it, that would, that's amazing. I, I love that. The trusted advisor, you know, and, and something you said a, a moment ago too. the thinking a little bit in terms of maybe this is a, a B2C scenario that I'm describing, but there are parallels to B2B, you know, that the SaaS model, all of that, it, there is some similarity for sure in terms of if I'm representing a, a large company and we're going to make a purchase in a software application for productivity or, you know, time tracking or whatever, what have you, you know, we're going to talk to a few different entities. We want to see some demos. Um, you want to get some expertise. And, and here's where my critique comes in is that I, I don't think a lot of the times that's what you get. You still get the sales team. Right. Mm. And, and I don't know how many of us have had the experience of and I'm not throwing, throwing shade on anyone here of, of doing one of those calls. Maybe if you've gotten to love of your org where you're like, yeah, I've, I've been tasked to find us an application for something. I'm going to do a bunch of demos, you know, and your first pass is with um, a, a junior customer success manager or advocate who is really just there to read you a script. And that's all they know. And that's all that's put in front of them. And they're there to just to sort of vet you as a lead. And you're like, look, I'm serious about this. I've got a budget of X. I need a suite to plug in within the next quarter. Can we move on to the demo and then the follow-up? And can I actually you know, talk to someone about this? And so that's, that's I think, maybe a, a good area to show the comparison to say this is a miss, right? What if, what if that level is to say, oh, you're going to connect with 
um, the product expert right off the bat, right? We're not going to sort of do that screening. We're going to bring someone in who really knows this back and forth, doesn't run me through the can demo, um, mm. but says, what is it you're trying to accomplish? Really? Can you show me your current system or something like that? And then says, okay, this is how I do it. This is what we use. This is a setup. Let me walk you through X, Y, and Z. Let me really unpack that for you. You know, I think probably less than half of those first pass demos I've been in have really told me much about how the application is going to affect me. But if I got to go back and advocate for a five or six figure a year budget for a productivity suite, I need to, I really need to talk to an expert who can tell me this will solve the problem rather than plug it in. And at six months later go, well, it's only doing half of what we thought it would. Right. And I think we've all had that experience. (laughs) Yeah. Which goes back to that, that statement I made earlier about, you know, a successful customer is one that has all all of those first promises uh, uh, delivered. Right. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Well, this has been an interesting fireside chat. I really feel like we have just chewed the cud for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like, I, I hope I hope it's, um, it's been as uh, thought provoking for everyone else as it has certainly been for me. So um, I thank yeah. you very, very much for bringing the topic. It's been super interesting. Always a pleasure. And uh, in closing, I think I might just pin you down and get and ask you for a parting thought or a parting piece of advice just to make sure we deliver the final brand promise <laughs> of this podcast, which is to take something away that people can uh, can go away, think about, maybe spark a new idea for them. What, what's your top tip, last piece of advice, parting thought? Oh, gosh, uh, sparking a... Uh... Uh, sparking and and uh, an insight, you know, I'll, I'll just share something that's that's been top of mind for me and my team lately, which is making sure that um, uh, you're you're you as a leader, as a manager, are are taking a moment to breathe, practicing self care, giving yourself a little bit of perspective, um, and particularly if you're a, a freshly new to management and customer support leadership, welcome, and also. Uh, you know, you need to, to pause, collect your thoughts once in a while. Um, you're going to make more mistakes, the more burned out you are. You can feel a lot of the times like your role is to lift all the burdens for your team. And some days it's true, but you can only do it if you're rested and ready. Um, so watch out for burnout, give yourself a breather, give your folks some time off and take care of yourself. Yeah, I, I love that. Thank you. And I think I think to give a little context to that, you and I are both just back from a break, separate breaks, I should say. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but we're both back from a week off. So maybe we're a little bit more refreshed than we might usually be. So sure. take care out there. Yeah. Thanks so much, Josh. I will talk to you soon. Talk soon. That's it for today. Go to customersupportleaders.com forward slash 207 for the show notes. And I'll see you next time.